This is such an exciting event because Persian New Year, for any of you who know about it, who celebrate it, is such an incredible celebration for so many different communities, and especially right now with the Iranian community and what's happening in Iran. I thought that it was really important to celebrate this, and especially with um, the KH community and this amazing group of scholars um, and outside community as well to bring them in and really have this amazing discussion. We have three amazing speakers. I'm going to let them jump in. I'm going to start with Mojdeh Shamsari. She's going to give us a history of Naruz, and we also have some Persian poetry reading. We can't talk about Persian New Year without having some Persian poetry, so I'm going to hand it off to her. Thank you. Greetings. I would like to thank Dr. Milani and Iranian Studies for inviting me. It's an honor to be a part of this event. I begin by remembering the brave souls who have lost their precious lives fighting for the most basic human rights in Iran over the past six months. Nowruz is the most difficult time of the year for their families and loved ones who will feel their absence now more than ever. I share your sadness. The name of each and every one of them is forever sewn into Iran's history, and they will never be forgotten. Nowruz celebrates the passing of darkness and the bitter frost, and welcomes the arrival of light and the spring breeze. Its history can be traced back to the culture and rituals of early agricultural communities, a culture dating back to at least 7,000 BC that nourished all future cultures. Thus, despite attempts by certain religions to try and claim it for their own benefit, Nose has no roots in religion and is purely inspired by people's relationship to nature. In ancient times, each person's identity was grounded in the collective identity of their tribe or clan. Although today there is more emphasis on individuality, many still define identity based on religion, nationality, or political affiliation. In ancient millennia, same as today, celebratory or mourning rituals were all opportunities for families and communities to reunite and tighten their bonds, and for individuals who have a sense of belonging to counter loneliness and solitude. Noros is fundamentally one of the four main seasonal celebrations of ancient agricultural communities, perhaps the most important one. It is the celebration of the beginning of spring, the celebration of cosmic renewal and its rejuvenation. It is the ritual of venerating of vegetation of earth and giving thanks to the nature and animals that feed us. Based on scholarly research in the past, Iranians were part of a larger group that most likely resided in the cold climate areas which spanned from the north of the Caspian Basin to Donald River or from the south of Yenzi River to the Caspian Sea. These people had access to just two seasons, winter and summer. A slow migration spanning over a thousand years saw part of this group move to where we now call India, while 
another group settled in its neighboring plains, which encompasses modern-day Iran. In this new setting, Iranian tribes came to know the cycle of four seasons, and the lunar calendar, based on their pastoral needs, began to conflict with the solar calendar based on their agricultural needs. In the end, agricultural expansion resulted in the solar calendar becoming the official calendar for all. It could be guessed that they view the four seasons like the rise and fall in a human's life. Spring, birth and growth. Summer, youth and strength. Fall, decline and despondence, winter, old age and death. And once again comes the spring, resurrection, rebirth and rejuvenation, the desire and hope of every human being, the inception of the idea of resurrection in religion. So there is no surprise that they call the beginning of the spring Nowruz, meaning new day. Thus, in accordance with the four seasons, the four most important Iranian celebrations were Nowruz or Farvardingan, the beginning of spring and its first month, Farvardin, which took 12 days and ended on the 13th, or Sizdebedar. With an outing to the plains which was believed to ward off misfortune. Tirgan, the beginning of summer and its first month, Tir, the season of the sun's peak, the 13th day of the month. Tiruz of Tirmah is the climax of the celebration, which was thought to be the day Arash sent the border between Iran and Turan with his arrow. This is the second significant 13th after Sizdebedar. Mehregan, the beginning of fall and its first month Meh, the day a decline of sunlight and the beginning of rain season, especially in the month of Aban, with its name originating from Ab, water, and Baran, rain. Dagon, the beginning of winter, and its first month, day. The Yadda celebration marks the start of the sun's rebirth when days begin to slowly become longer. Yadda means birth, and is referring to the birth of Meh, whose astrological sign is the sun. Yadda's celebration was followed by the Little Sadeh and the Big Sadeh, where bonfires would be ignited to aid the sun in regaining its strength. And then there's Shoshan Suri, the festival of fire, which is actually tonight. Suri means red, which is related to both fire and sun. And Shoshan refers to the day of the week, the eve of which is when this celebration takes place. Chahar, meaning four, goes back to the four elements of life in agricultural culture, water, air, earth, and fire. In this nighttime celebration, bonfires are raised everywhere, and participants jump over them, asking the fire for warmth and giving their own coldness in return. Amidst these fires, guide the army of Feridun, the emancipator on his way to the destroyer Zahok, the snake shoulder. During Chashan Suri, a spoon-banging ritual gives news of the coming of spring and the return of the dead and wards of evil spirits. 
And once again, we go back to Farvardingan and the rebirth of the world. The wondrous cycle of nature, which begins with Noruz, lasts 13 days and comes to an end with Sizdebedar. Scholars claim that the Sizdebedar ritual of warding of misfortune by going out into nature may have no direct connection to Noruz. In ancient times, Noruz involved six days of prayers recited by Magi, cleansing oneself from the past and reuniting with loved ones, exchanging gifts, forgiving past quarrels, and strengthening bonds. Since the Vedar is believed to be related to a different ancient belief that imagined the world to have a life cycle of 12,000 years before death and resurrection. Scholars claim the first 12 days of the year each represent a thousand years since the start of world order and history, and that the 13th day represent the fall of world order and the end of the chaos that follows. Ancient Roman calendar is believed to have been 10 months long, and their new year was concurrent to the Iranian new year at the beginning of spring. However, we have little knowledge of their celebration rituals. It appears at some point after their conversion to Christianity and the everlasting wars with the Persian Empire, in one of their calendar changes, the Romans moved their new year to the agricultural winter celebration. Yardo, which meant the birth of Meh or sun, was regarded as Persian sun worshipping and was changed to a celebration of the birth of Christ. And as such, many of the myths in the Bible surrounding Jesus share striking similarities with ancient Iranian celebration and rituals. One of the more evident signs of this calendar shift is apparent in the contradictions within the Western calendar. September, meaning the seventh month, is actually the ninth month. October, meaning the eighth month, is actually the tenth month. November, meaning the ninth month, is actually the eleventh month. And December, meaning the tenth month, is actually the twelfth month. Persian fables attribute Nowruz to Jamshid, who in mythologies of Iran and India is sometimes considered the first king, and the other times considered the first human being. The myth of Jamshid relates to the agricultural evolution and its culture of fertility. Jamshid's era was the age of early civilization, prosperity, and celebration. In Ferdusi's Shahnameh, however, Nowruz is the day Jamshid built his throne. Sitting atop his throne, demons lift him into the skies where he shines like the sun for but a few moments. I shall now read the poem in Farsi. You can find the translation on the screen. Befarre kiani yeki taht sacht, chemaye bedu goharandar mishacht. Kichon khasti div vardashti, zehamun begardun barafrashti. Chokoshide taban miyane hawa, nishaste varu shah farman rava. Jahanan jaman shud bare taht emuk. فرومانده از فرده بخت او به جمشید برگ و حرفشانودند مرا روز را روز نو خاندند سر سال نو هرمز فرودین 
براسود از رنج تندل زکیم بزرگان به شادی بیاراستند می و جام و رامشگران خواستند چون این روز فرخ از آن روزگار بمانده از آن خسروان یادگار Other than Ferdowsi's poem and the background of Nowruz, the most important book written in prose is Hayyam's Nowruz Name, where he speaks of the history and rituals of Nowruz with clarity. Other poets have also composed poems in praise of the rejuvenating spring weather, with some even briefly mentioning the background of Nowruz or other related rituals. From Ferdowsi. نگهدار آین جشن صده همان فر نوروز آتش کده فرام خواهانی نوروز جهان پرور مانده زده حاقیم دهوان جهان دیدش پرورده ببربر نوروز بزرگ آمد آرایش آدم میراس به نزدیک ملوک عجم از جم فرام نظامی به جشن فریدون و نوروز جم <coughs> this poem refers to the story of Zahak defeating Jamshid, the bringer of Nowruz, by sowing the tree Jamshid had hidden him into two. Jamshid is the symbol of fertility and prosperity in the tree. Zahak is the symbol of drought and destruction that cuts the tree down. Fredun, who is also a symbol of fertility and prosperity, eventually dethrones Zahak and brings back Nowruz and its rituals. There are also two sisters in this myth, Shahnaz and Arnabas, Jamshid's daughters, who symbolize water and earth. Zahak enslaves the two and Feridun frees them. Their liberation is tied to the return of Nowruz. Here's another point by Nezami in relation to Nowruz. Benoruz Benchastomei Nushkat, Sorude Sorayandegan Gushkat, which shows Nowruz as a time for joy and celebration and listening to the legends of the past. And another one from Muhammad Jalaluddin Barhi, known as Rumi. Chon Eidero Baz Amadam, Taof Lezendam Mishkanam. Which shows that in the past it was a tradition during Nowruz to open the jail cells and let the prisoners roam free. I will wrap up with two points from Sadi and Hafiz. Sadi's point in celebration of the new year. مبارک بادت این سال و همه سال همارون بادت این روز و همه روز And from Hafiz, the poet whose divan Iranians use for fortune telling in the new year. زکوی یا می آید نسیم باد نوروزی از این باد در مدد خواهی چراغ دل یفروزی Since ancient times, Iranians have associated luck with the blowing wind and here the breeze of no rules is the bringer of light and good fortune. Thank you. Happy Chalshamu Suri. Happy Nowruz. Wish you all a wonderful year and hope for Iran and Iranians to be free from the tyranny of Zahokian in the coming year.
if you know anything about the art of Persian poetry, it's incredibly difficult to read it the way that she beautifully did. So can I get another round of applause? Okay, we have Sherbi Namami, who's gonna discuss the half scene, which is the altar that we have. A lot of you might not know what everything stands for or why we do something like that, and discuss a little bit more about maybe Tasha Amasudi. Do you want to come or stay? Yes. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Salam Durud Bahamidi. I'm grateful and humbled to be here and would like to thank you all for joining us tonight and to be celebrating with, uh, with us our very important and culturally unified tradition of Nuruz. As we say in Persian, Thank you for illuminating our party with your presence. Uh, what Noru's celebration entails starts with the literal meaning of the word Noru's. And um, it's hard to follow Mujradun, <laughs> but um, what Noru's means is basically it is celebrated at the very first day of the spring, and it marks the beginning of, um, and the rebirth of nature and its reflection on us humans and uh, as an individual and as a community. The word Noru's New Day uh, represents to create a new beginning for everyone and everything in every aspect of your life. It is a time to rebuild, renew, reconcile, and reunify as a nation, and more importantly, as humans. All aspects of preparation for this day also direct towards the same purpose and cause. It is the uh, most important cultural event in Iran, and also a purely cultural event. And all people, regardless of their ethnicities and religious beliefs, celebrated for the most part exactly the same way and together. In fact, it is a time to put your differences aside and reconnect with your relatives, friends, and those whom you have not uh, spoken or been in contact with in the past year. There are a few traditions uh, leading to this day, and they all are uh, practices towards the same theme of re rebirth, renewing, and um, the way it uh, progresses is that you begin cleansing and purifying from the external layers of your life to the more internal layers and purifying your own body and soul. Some of these traditions are such as Khanetekhani, uh, which literally translates as shaking your house. <laughs> but what it really means is to clean your entire house and in a way to purify and uh, uh, your home from like physical dirt, but also it connotes to getting rid of all the bad energies and uh, negative 
uh, 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 residuals of what you didn't like in the previous year. And that can be uh, spiritual, physical, and yeah, uh, basically actually cleaning the house. Another tradition is buying new clothes. And it used to be another crucial tradition among people. And of course, with all the financial strains, there are not that many people who can do that today. But the concept leads to the same purpose of renewing. And uh, uh, in fact, for a lot of families, if it were to happen only one time, uh, one time a year, this would be the only time that everyone would strive to provide that for every member of the family. And that means even if you're buying one item for each member of your family, and you can't afford to buy the whole clothing uh, uh, new and brand new, you have to wear something that you haven't worn before. Then there is a very important tradition of Tarshambasuri, which is the last Tuesday night of the year. And in fact, as Mojizhan mentioned, tonight is the night for it. And um, that is to set a bonfire and jumping over the fire while reciting a line, Surkhito as man, Zardiyaman as which means, may your red color which symbolizes health, be mine, and my yellow, yellowness, or pale skin color, symbolizing sickness, be yours. And that is the last act of purifying in preparation to welcoming the new year. By saying that you wish for a healthy soul and body in the coming Oruz, and you're hoping to be receiving that from the nature and specifically in this case, uh, the energy of fire, like giving away your sickness, weakness, impurity, and anything that you don't want in your own, uh, in your own being. When you've done all that, you're ready for your half scene. And half scene is a spread with seven items that begin with the letter scene in Persian, which has the same sound as S in English. And the Hafsin sets the intention for the next year. The spread of Hafsin includes seed, apple, representing beauty and love, seer, garlic, representing good health, serke, vinegar, representing patience and resilience, Sombol, representing spring, and uh, blossoms, sananu, sweet syrup, representing sweetness and kindness, sapze, sprouts, representing greenness and rebirth of nature, seke, coins, representing prosperity, and there are other items such as mirror and candles representing future and light and hope. Goldfish in a little bowl running around representing life. And painted eggs which represent fertility. So in summary, 
Noruz is the celebration of nature, love, and beauty, and at the same time preserving these elements in the rebirth of spring. And it represents the essence of what human nature stands for and also what the people who celebrate it stand for. Today, Noruz represents a nation who strives for nothing but kindness and giving and wanting to be free. And the half scene and all the uh, symbols and all the beauty that the half scene and Charshambasuri and all the other traditions that lead to this event are showing what our population stands for. Thank you. Thank you, Shereen John. Dr. Milani, if you can take us to Nauru's today in Iran, what's happening in Iran, and then we have a Q&A for any questions about the current political status in Iran, how Dr. Milani, the man, the myth, the legend, can speak to that. Well, first of all, thank you all for coming. Uh, and talking about Nauru's, uh, they forgot to mention what important aspect of it. It's a ritual, always, always uh, performed. And that's the audience gives a gift to the speaker. <laughs> as soon as the uh, ceremonies uh, end, the other fact is that uh, no same man would stand before a hungry audience and shall look So I'm going to be very brief. Uh, the movement in Iran today has been a clear call for it is uh, woman, uh, life, and freedom. The three women sitting on this stage represent the vibrancy, the power, the intelligence, the assertiveness of the Iranian woman from two different generations. Mojre uh, Shamsayi, who we all had the good fortune of listening to, is one of the most acclaimed artists, actresses of her generation. Uh, she has been directing plays for us uh, as a essentially co-director for the last 10 years. She's simply remarkable in her ability to find her way around the world, around the campus, around the arts. So it is a rare uh, fortune to have poems about Nauru's sang by one of the greatest art actresses of that generation, and talked about Nauru's by two of the most remarkable people of uh, the younger generation. This lady and uh, Dr. Shamil Yamami are in their own rights, representatives of why Iran is a vibrant society and why women are leading the democratic movement. Now, I wear the tie for a purpose, aside from the fact that we want to celebrate that there is a method to this matters. The tie has a color that is very much a Nauru's color, and it has a design on it that describes the politics of Nauru's. You all talked about 
Haumu roots is an agricultural uh, 7,000 year celebration. And we haven't talked about the fact that for the last 1,400 years, there is a force in Iranian culture and society who has tried singularly, unabashedly, almost incessantly to stop the rules from happening and try to replace it with ceremonies that have a religious basis. Today in Tehran, if you go and look at the images, it was a virtual battleground. People lighting fires and the hoodlums of the Iranian regime and the police of the Iranian regime trying to stop it. Because for 44 years, the Islamic Republic has repeated the same mantra. Chashandushtuhi is a fire-worshipping ceremony. It is heretical. Some of the top clergy have literally said celebrating is a form of heresy. And every year, the number of celebrants has increased. This symbolizes the torn, in a sense, or tormented soul of Iran. This is probably the single most recurring design in Iranian architecture, in Iranian design. Rob's, uh, I've heard about the rock here, and I've heard how expensive this rug is. They should have bought Persian rugs. They don't have to worry about tea falling on it. You could drop the tea, you could step on it, you could bring your car on it, and it will prove value rather than it truly is. You think I'm joking, but that's true. New Persian carpets are put in the street so cars drive over it so that it can get some quality. Now, this design is about the tormented soul in Iran. The spaceman is the Zoroastrian tree of paradise, bent but not broken by the Arab invasion. The scholars, poets, writers have written about this. Iran today, Iran over the last 150 years, is engaged in essentially a cultural war and an identity politics war. Is Iran essentially a pre-Islamic culture? Is Iran fundamentally an Islamic culture? Or is Iran both? This tells you that Iran is both. Iran is both the ancient mythologies, but Iran is also Hafez and Sa'di and Attar and everyone else. And people in Iran today celebrate Nuruz, celebrate Shashan Suri, celebrate Sinzadadah, uh, and not just in Iran, in uh, Iran in the larger sense of the world. Almost 10% of Iranians now live in diaspora. And in the 30 years I have been here, the number of people who celebrate each of these events in diaspora has increased every year. So before COVID, if you went on Sinzadadah, 20,000 people converged in the park to do what people in Iran love to do, cook, drink, and dance. Drinking and dancing are both central parts of Iranian literature, central parts of Iranian miniature. There is nothing more recurrent in Iranian miniature than a woman and a man dancing and drinking. Both of those are forbidden in the Islamic Republic, and both of them are said to be forms of uh, fire worship. But none of this has stopped people from pursuing Nowruz, Sinzadadah, 
and Shoshana Studio. Because in that culture war, I think more than ever today, people have recognized that the identity that defines Iran, or the identity that people of Iran want to define them, is the identity of citizenship in a secular, democratic country where man and woman, Jews and Baha'is and Christians and infidels, Turks and Kurds and Baluchis and Arabs are treated as equals. There is no discrimination based on gender, there is no discrimination based on sex, there is no discrimination based on color. There is overwhelming evidence that that's what the people want, and there is overwhelming evidence that a very brutal regime is king and not making it happen. But on Nowruz, we forget about the evils of the world, we hope that they wash away, and we celebrate. So let's celebrate, and let's have a hand for this remarkable young lady who has organized this event uh, and uh, the other event that we had here a few months ago. She actually opened this place. I used to think that only Night uh, uh, Hennessy folks can enter here and mere mortals can come in. <laughs> she opened this place to mere mortals like us. No. Can we get another round of applause, please, for our three speakers? Do we have any questions for Dr. Milani? Specifically, doing a small Q and A for Dr. Milani. If anybody has any questions, I know we're between you all and a lot of Persian food out there. <laughs> but if anybody has any questions, now is your time. And if you're asking a question, you're taking your life in your own hands. <laughs> because people want kebab. They want one question. Yes, Carly. Hi. What can non-Iranians do to support the movement? Uh, I think the Iranian uh, diaspora is now more than ever organized in trying to get ready for a transition, trying to pressure the U.S. government or other governments to stop flirting with this regime, to stop providing the, the funds that it will use essentially to oppress people. Uh, but join us in demonstrations that are uh, attempting to show uh, solidarity. Uh, Mike McFaul was just here, and he just left. He was here all the time. I know he has another program to go to. Uh, he and I, uh, and I just taped a conversation. Uh, and part of the conversation was that what the Iranian people need to know is that this regime doesn't have a free hand at them that the world is watching, and that the world is supporting. Have no doubt, if we get a demonstration with 25,000 people, it will lighten days, uh, dark days in Iran. Iranian people who suffer at the hand of this regime uh, realize that there is another uh, world, and people are supporting. So support people. Uh, pressure the government to do the right thing uh, by the democratic uh, uh, movement in Iran. Again, uh, Mike and I today wrote an article, that you can see it today, it's in foreign policy. Uh, and we said, if America decides that its interests 
long-term interest is not uh, joining with autocrats, but supporting the democratic aspirations of people like Iran. Tomorrow will be a better uh, Middle East for the United States, for US allies, and absolutely for people of Iran. We are not asking for the United States to interfere in Iranian affairs, but we are asking it to recognize the power of this movement and allow it to thrive and be assured that that is in the long-term interest uh, of everyone in the region. Democracy is in the long-term interest, long interest of you, us, and everybody. Help that process. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes. What, what has changed about the situation on the ground in Iran since the last event we had in the last few months? Uh, several tens of thousands of people, according to the regime, have been arrested. The regime now claims they have uh, pardoned, uh, Khamenei has pardoned over 20,000 people. How many people have they arrested that they have pardoned 20,000? Close to 600 people have been killed in the streets. Uh, what has happened is that women have been put under increasing pressure to put the veil on. What has happened is that forces clearly connected to the regime. We don't know who ordered it, but it is absolutely impossible to imagine anyone else doing this. Have attacked upward of a thousand schools, girls' schools, with chemical uh, weapons, essentially, to intimidate Iranian women to put back the veil. They have bought Chinese technology, the most sophisticated face recognition technology, to take images of women without a veil and say that we are going to deny you access to university, we are going to stop your accounts, we are going to find you. And Iranian women have continued to resist. But the suppression and oppression and brutality since the last time we were here has been just remarkable. And I am awed by the fact that it continues, although it continues uh, at a much, much uh, less of a pace. Anybody else? Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, I wanted to ask, do you see anything significant happening to weaken the regime in the near future, or do you see it falling within our lifetime? Uh, you know, I, I think there are two false assumptions about the Iranian reality. One is the assumption that uh, some in the opposition make that this regime will fall tomorrow. And the last time I was here, we had almost the same conversation. Uh, this regime still has some venom in it. It has some power to suppress. It has still kept the oppressive apparatus intact. And usually that means there is some time left. But it is equally folly to think this regime can survive. This regime has become completely alien with what the people of Iran want. It has no solution to the economic uh, reality, another thing that has changed since the last time we were here, I think the last time I was here, dollar was uh, 25,000 to month. It is now close to 50,000. So if you had your money in Iranian currency, if you're earning, that means since the last time we were here, your uh, purchasing power has halved. Uh, she mentioned 
people not being able to buy clothes, people are essentially limiting drastically their intake of meat. Uh, so, uh, the regime that is so strange with the culture of the people, with the desire of the people, you look at any image of Iranian leadership, it is completely men, and almost all of them above the age of 85. And Iranian society is a young society. 60% of college students are uh, women. Some of the best and brightest in Iran are women. Look at these people. Look at these ladies. There are few people who compare with these, but these are the cream of the cream. Why should they be ruled by men? Of course, I'm talking and they're silent. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because they said they don't want to speak. I, I'm, I really, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to shut up. Let's go have chow up. <laughs> Do you have any last questions? No pressure. <laughs> okay, well, thank you all. Um, this is such an incredible, if you have any indication after this, if you didn't know before how important Noruz is, you, it is what we look forward to every single year. Um, please take pictures of the half scene, please don't touch, but these are each of um, the things that Shirley mentioned, the symbolic items you'll see fish, you usually see those on the half scene. Um, you'll see the sabzi, which is uh, the stalks that have grown, which the 13th day after Nowruz, which was mentioned, sees the bidah, you throw it into the river to um, symbolize refreshing. You're going into a new year, you're tossing out the old. Everything has so much symbolism. We're so excited to share this all with you. There's so much Iranian food out there. There's gonna be dessert in here and tea. Um, and the very traditional dish for Nowruz that you'll see out there is sabzi polo mahi. So sabzi polo is like uh, rice with some greens in it. It's very delicious and you eat it with uh, fish. And that's a very traditional dish for New Year's. And for, from all of us, Nowruz Mubarak, Happy New Year's. Thank you so much for celebrating with us. We have one last thing. You meant, we, we mentioned Tarsha Masudi a few times, this celebration on the eve of Tuesday. And what you do is you jump over fire. Uh, the Iranians in the room know this, but you may have seen like Persians do this thing where they jump over a huge bonfire and you're like, what is that? Um, so what they're saying is like you take, it's like you're symbolizing taking all of the sickness of this year and you're tossing it out and you're asking for like a healthy uh, red, like cherry glow and you jump over fire as you say this. We have tiny candles if anyone wants to participate. Um, we can do this. They are not real fire for the folks at Night Hennessy. Um, there, <laughs> switch on. Um, but this is something that we do every single year for Tasha Masudi. It's incredibly important and symbolic. And for anyone who would like to celebrate with us, I think any one of us would love to do it with you and guide you. So thank you everyone. And for Zan Zenegi Azadi, Women, Life, Freedom, thank you so much for joining us today. Now you can eat. <laughs> what happened to the gift for the speakers? <laughs>